Assalamu alaikum. I'm Khalil Alika. And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com. So AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So welcome and enjoy. Assalamu alaikum. I'm Dilshad Parker and you're listening to AccidentalMuslims.com. Assalamu alaikum Dilshad, welcome. Wa alaikum assalam. Assalamu alaikum uh, Khalil and Dilshad. So happy to be here. I thought you was going to be a couple of burgers here somewhere. But uh, <laughs> be that as it may, uh, Dilshad, thanks for accepting our invitation. Absolute pleasure. Dilshad, let's start by you telling us a bit about yourself. Who is Dilshad Parker? Okay, in my personal capacity, I'm a designer, I'm a blogger. I'm a mother, I'm a wife. In my capacity from the Hungry for Halal perspective, I'm every person. I'm every Muslim who wants to eat out and have a great experience and wants to try something different and wants to know that their food is halal. I'm not a professional journalist. I'm not a professional critic. I'm just a voice. So how did this Hungry for Halal start? A couple of friends sitting around having a chat and... We love to eat out years ago and we're sitting and we're chatting and thinking about where we're going to go tonight and we're looking online and we're finding a whole lot of restaurant reviews on dozens of websites talking about all kinds of restaurants and that's great there's lots of information but now finding a place that you can actually go to where you can eat what you want and not have to stick to the seafood and (laughs) the vegetarian and um, worry about is there alcohol in the in the BNA sauce, you know? And um, we said, well, why do we have to filter through all this noise? Why isn't anybody talking to us? We're a big market. We um, spend a lot of money eating out as Muslims. And nobody's really talking to us. And I thought at the time that that was around 2010, 2011. And I thought, well, blogging is becoming quite a big thing right now and um, why don't I just start a blog myself I've got a creative background Um, I've always wanted to write a little bit and um, so why don't I make it available for everybody I eat out quite a bit so I started writing about my experiences eating out I started putting it into concise reviews I started my own little blog and put the information out there so everybody can actually find information quite easily over time, I realized it actually grew quite a, quite a good following. I mean, I wasn't blogging much, to be honest. I mean, back then I was blogging once a month, if that. And that's like, that's nothing. Blogging once a month nowadays will get you nowhere. But over time, and I wasn't really focused on that. I was focused on, on freelancing at the time. The following grew, and I realized that there was some potential to, to make something real out of this, for this to become a real resource. And I decided to put some money behind it. I got people in the business industry who actually thought this was a great idea and felt that I should develop it further. I decided to put my own money into getting the website properly designed and put together and turned it into a a sort of a searchable resource. So it's not a blog anymore. Now you can actually go in there and you can say, okay, I want to find seafood in the southern suburbs. Or I want to find steak in Cape Town Central. And um, 
you can go and you can find the information. You can see what other people have said about the place. You can see what I've said about the place because most of the places on there I've been to and I've reviewed myself. And then you can also go and have your own say. And you can write your own reviews. And, and I think that's what's so nice about it is that it's very interactive and, um, and you can see what everybody else is saying about the places you go to and that's what people want. I think a lot of times when people start new ventures, mm. the first point of reference, first point of call is the branding and the name Hungry for Halal. Now, I obviously know why Hungry, Halal, food, etc. Yes. But was that just a epiphany moment? How did you come up with the name? You know, I honestly can't tell you that there was any huge epiphany behind the name. I started this thing as a as a hobby, as a as a casual thing. When I started Hungry for Halal, it wasn't as a business. It was a hobby. It was something I was doing on the side. It was something I was doing for fun. Hungry for Halal just epitomized what I was trying to do with this. And hungry, I was always hungry. I always want to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> Food is very important to me. Um, so the word hungry lent itself to talking about food and the word halal is exactly what you wanted to be speaking about. So hungry for halal made sense. And there wasn't, I didn't want it also to sound like anything else out there. It was different. It was a phrase that people weren't, weren't using. And um, yeah, it, it, it stuck. And sometimes I, I at, at the later stage when, when I was doing the, turning it into a business, um, the, the name felt, a little clumsy and a little bit long in some ways. But it had become so familiar at that point and I just I, I kept it and I, and I went with it. Yeah, but, but that's exactly the point because it's a beautiful play of words. It caters for a particular market, but it also intrigued those as maybe non-Muslims as well to the to the brand. So uh, I think it was quite a masterstroke because as you're developing this business, I know that, that any business... Uh, we'll have a tagline and, and your business's tagline is actually your business name. Yeah. That's how I see it, uh, which is quite cool. Thank you. <laughs> Dilshan, in the beginning you mentioned that you do everything. Can you take us through that process? Like what do you do as you say you do everything? So you do, obviously you go to the restaurant, you take photos and you blog and you do the website. Can you just take us, the, the listeners, through okay. everything? So, so the process is really, um, okay, I choose the place I want to go to. There's a new place that opens up and I want to talk about it and I want to tell people about it and I want to experience it myself. So I would just go and visit anonymously, normally. Um, nowadays I, I sometimes get invited. So I'm not as anonymous as I, as I was in, in, at first, but, um, Usually I go completely anonymously. I don't tell the restaurant I'm coming. I don't, you know, I don't announce anything. And I go and I have an authentic experience. And it's no biggie to take photos. Nobody looks at you funny anymore. In the beginning, I would ask. This is now like five years ago. I would ask at the restaurant, do you mind if I take photos of your food? I've got a blog, blah, blah, blah. And nowadays, everybody's taking photos of your food. So nobody looks at you funny anymore if you take a photo of your food. I mean, you can stand up and make arrangements on your table and nobody's going to bat an eye. And um, so I will go and I will, I will have something to eat. I will take lots of photos and I will come back. And um, I will then 
do a write-up of it at home and um, I'll post it on my blog on a particular day. In the in the in a in a week on a Monday, I'd normally post twice a week. So on a Monday I'll post something related to halal or the topic. On a Friday I will usually post something about a new restaurant if I've experienced a new restaurant um, during that week. Um, because on the weekends people are usually looking for where do I go eat out this weekend or what's new and what's interesting. So on a Friday I'll post that because then people are kind of looking. So I would upload my post onto my website. I'll edit my pictures and upload all the photos and um, set up my um, newsletter. And uh, email goes out on Friday and then I, I share on social media. And, and that's basically my process. The back end of my website is is set up so that I can just upload. That's all done for me. So that's my that's most the general process with writing a post or writing a review and then i will let a restaurant know that i've written a review about them and i'll send them a mail and invite them to become part of the community do you seek the permission of the restaurant or you no. just, okay. a blog is a platform that really you don't need your permission you don't need anybody's permission to have an opinion so you, you don't send them your blog you just send them a mail that you've written about it Yes, and I send them a link to the blog. Okay. I send them a link to the post so they can read what I've written about them. Have you had any um, fiery words coming back at you? Um, do you criticize the food or do you say alhamdulillah? <laughs> you know, that is an interesting question. I've been accused of not writing a bad review. And yes, that is a fair comment to make. But... I prefer that when I have a bad experience at a place, I rather don't write about it. I will maybe go there again and try it again because not every experience at a place is the same. You can go to the same place two or three times and each experience can be a little bit different. And I also feel that when you have a voice, you've got to use that voice responsibly. And I'm not out to hurt anybody's business. If anything, I want to bring... I want to bring more business to the halal businesses. You know, the more people that know we have options, that, we, that there's places to eat, that you don't have to compromise on where you go, the better for, for everybody. So I'm not out to hurt anybody's business. So I don't like to write bad reviews. I will write a fair review. If I didn't like something, but the service was okay, or if the service was bad, but the food was fantastic, I will say that. And if a restaurant can't accept that, that there are shortcomings, that's their prerogative. But I, I will write a fair review, but I won't deliberately put out a damaging re review. I'm thinking of, you know that movie Ratatouille? Yeah. Where the guy, this expert comes to the restaurant and reviews. So you, I would actually prefer if you go anonymously to the restaurant. Do you do that? Yes. In, yeah, so you don't, you don't, you get invited. You said you get invited. Sometimes. Um, I've been invited to a couple of restaurants. Um, and by the owners? By the owners. Wow. Okay. And um, then the expectation is that you're going to write a review. Mm. And then you, 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 you're also not 100% sure whether you're getting the, the typical experience. Um, but I think you, if you just, as long as you disclose in your post, which I always do, if I, if I, if I write a sponsored post, in which case um, 
the restaurant is is um, compensating me in some way um, to write about them, or that they just launched and they just want some um, they just want some exposure that they've launched and they've opened and so on. Then I disclose that at the outset in my post. I tell my readers this is a sponsored post, and um, and they and they know. But my post is always fair. I will never ever say something was fantastic if I thought it was okay. So I'm I'm honest. Um, I might take I might do a sponsored post, but I'm honest when I'm writing it. Tell me, would hungry for halal even exist if social media wasn't around? What's your take on social media? Social media is you. It's a fact of life nowadays. You you. You actually cannot get away from it. Um, as a business, you you can't not have social media. I mean, where's the first place you go to to find out information about any business nowadays? Move to Google, right? <laughs> You're not going to go to the yellow pages anymore. The first place you go is online. So any business out there has to be online. You have to have some presence online. Would Hungry for Halal be out there if... Um, if online wasn't around, maybe not. Because um, I wouldn't have started the blog unless it had been free. At the time, it was free to start. I'm not sure. Because at the moment, I'm writing a column for um, for the Muslim Views, which is linked to Hungry for Allah. Maybe I eventually would have gotten it out there somehow, you know. But online has, has allowed it to grow, I think, much bigger. Um, much quicker so yeah I think I think online is is here to stay and it's how you use it I think you've also just got to um, manage it Mm. online uh, mediums social media platforms has amplified everybody's voice everybody now has a voice even you know people that um, would never um, come to the front to speak about something on an online platform even the tiniest voice is amplified Mm. so as a business, you've got to manage that online presence. You've got to manage what is said about you. You've got to manage complaints because you can't stop that. People are going to talk. If you didn't serve someone well, they're going to talk about it on their own Facebook page and word is going to spread. And you have to be able to to manage complaints and so on in that online presence. So Basically, you have to have a presence. Mm. Now, the, the reason why I ask that question is obviously with technology, many new careers were created out of mm. nowhere. Mm. Um, so obviously, as we're now in this technological age, social media is now relevant. What do you, um, what do, you do with personally with your sites and with your blog mm. to keep it relevant? I think you've got to keep abreast with what the newest platforms are. Um, when Facebook came out, I needed to be on Facebook, needed to be on Twitter. When Instagram came out, Instagram is particularly relevant for a business like mine because pictures of food is like everybody loves looking at pictures of food. So um, you've just got to keep up with the platforms, but you've also got to choose um, depending on how big your business is. In my case, it's still very small. So trying to be everywhere all the time is just, it's impossible. So you've got to choose your platforms and choose where you are most relevant and where your your content is most effective and and go there. Um, even if you are very big, I still feel you need to choose. Um, and even if you have the resources to cover all the platforms, I think sometimes 
not every platform is right for every business. So basically, choose where you want to be and make that work. How would you describe yourself in three words? Tenacious, focused, and curious. Tenacious. Mm. You've got to be. If you're trying to build a business for yourself, if you're not tenacious, motivated, you you because you know when you're building a business, you keep falling down. You make mistakes. You've got to get up and you've got to learn and you've got to keep going. Because it's easy to say, this is not working. You know, why bother? But if you believe in something and if you're passionate about something, you get up and you keep going and you say, okay, I've learned from that. How do I, how do I make it better? So you're running this business um, and you mentioned sponsor, uh, sponsored post. Mm. Um, and I know you have listings as well. Mm. So tell us about your, how do you, how do you make this Hungry for Law website or business? How do you make it sustainable? The listings on the website are free. Basic list, a basic listing is free if your business is halal certified or Muslim owned. Um, there is an option to have a paid listing, which gives you a bit more exposure, uh, which means that um, you have uh, more content within your listing. Things like more details, basically, your social media links and so forth, and people can contact you directly. And then um, there's advertising available on the website as well. So companies that are relevant to um, the Muslim market can advertise using the banners on the website. And then I also do social media promotion um, where companies that um, want to promote and want, want exposure for an event or for um, their business or particular restaurants can also be advertised using my social media platforms. I read a few of your blogs, mm-hmm. I read a few of your reviews. You've got a very descriptive command of the English language. Did you do any English post-metric? <laughs> <laughs> no, post-metric, no. So, so um, how, do you, uh, how do you refine that, that talent or that art? You know, always good in my languages. I, I did well at school in English and Afrikaans and bio, but I was terrible at maths and physics. So I was just, I was sort of had that creative streak and I went into, I went into graphic design um, because I wanted to explore that creative streak. And I went into graphic design at a time when it wasn't normal for Muslim people to enter that kind of a field and I'm I'm very grateful that my my parents didn't sort of keep me from from that in fact my dad actually helped me to explore um, what are the possibilities he took me to an ad agency and I spoke to an an art director about the expectations of the industry and what, and what I can expect if I was working in the industry and so forth and he allowed me, you know, to, to pursue that in spite of his reservations. I mean, all the years I've been hearing, I must become a doctor and a lawyer and, a, you know, the typical stuff. And, and, and he never ever entertained any other thoughts about it until in matric I said, this is what I want to do. I don't want to become a lawyer and I don't want to become a doctor. I've got, I've got a little bit of creativity and I want to do something with it. I don't want to wake up in 10 years and say, I wish I had. And I explored graphic design and um, I went into, I studied at uh, Pentec at the time. And, and I always had a propensity for writing. 
even in matric, I was writing lots of poetry. And you know, as a as a teenager at at that time, you writing a lot of very angsterige poetry about <laughs> things that that you know at that time are very 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 important. But right, you know, in retrospect, seems so ridiculous. I always had a propensity for writing a bit, and I always, even while I was while I was um, studying. And and while I was practicing graphic design, I, I wrote a little bit. I think I, I always wanted an outlet. I think for a lot of us, there's many of us that think we have a novel in us, you know, whether it's a good novel or a bad novel is a different story. But I think most people think there's a novel in them somewhere. And I'm I'm not the exception. I also thought I've got a novel in me somewhere. But what I had was reviews. Mm. So when 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 this thought came to me about why not write. This, uh, write this stuff up yourself and put the information out there. If nobody's talking to us, do it yourself. More reviews. Yes. Refine yes. the skill naturally. Naturally, well. I mean, you, you, firstly, you've got to have a natural skill. If if you if you didn't study for it and you've got a natural skill for it, then then it will come. Then the more you write, the better you will get at it. I think that's that's the main thing is is, is just um, keeping at it. Should I read you a, something from your review? <laughs> And I hope I'm going to say this next word correct. First came across Eric Labaskatni at the Willowbridge Slow Market about six years ago, where a decadent looking brownie roused me with an invisible rope and pulled me over, crying, Come over, you know you want me. <laughs> You're laughing. I like this review. I never knew um, this company was at all 35. Mm. I always walked past it and I yes. went to Cinnabon and something like that. Yeah. It's good to know that they are yes, uh, yes, certified. Yes. Maybe tell us about that story. Because you said you first came across it. So that means yeah. it's uh, uh, well, been in a follow-up, a couple of follow-ups. No, well, there was... I, I like going to markets. Okay. Um, the slow markets and the organic markets, the food markets and so on. And um, he was at the Willowbridge <laughs> slow market. And I and I, I went over to the counter because I love everything chocolate. The lady at the counter said to me that actually the chef behind these brownies is, is this guy. And she points me to this guy who looks about 14 years old. Seriously, 14 years old. And um, and I, I was like quite floored that this is the guy who's actually making these brownies. So I bought a brownie and I loved the brownie. And I think I must have gone there again at some time or another and bought another brownie, you know, years or months later. At a, at a stage, I... I think it was after they opened the Canal Walk branch. It might have been after they opened the Canal Walk branch that I realized they'd taken this now to the next level. And um, I got in touch with, with, the, with the company. I learned then Eric was the guy behind this company that I had met way back in. Mm. And, you know, at the time, I think he was in his... He was like just like 21 or something like that. And he's this real youngster that had come out with this amazing product so i think they they have plans to open more branches so the they, they are halal certified in they are halal certified the plant is halal certified okay. in stellenbosch or right. somerset west do you get mistaken. invited to go to the plants do you actually go that far or no um or warehouses or bakeries whatever they call it i have been I've, i recently visited somebody who's in the um, food technology industry, mm-hmm. uh, specifically focused on um, on halal. I visited the lab, which was an interesting experience. I visited other food places. 
Yeah, just yeah. like you're just interested because obviously you're writing, you're getting all these experiences. Mm. Obviously now you, you're getting it from the plate in front of you. Mm. But sometimes there's a story behind that plate, mm-hmm. how it happens. Yes. It's just uh, food for your, um, or content for your novel perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> or my cookbook. Or your cookbook. Why yeah. not, why not, why not. Tilshad, why did you leave corporate and start this? couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. I think, I think at the time, I uh, I wanted to know if I could go it on my own. Could I do this by myself and make a success of it? It was one motivation. Another motivation was I wanted to start a family. For some, sometimes also in a when you're in a space, you kind of know when you've run your time with a company or a business or a boss, and at that time I felt I had run my time with this company and and maybe I wasn't adding value to them and they weren't adding value to me anymore and it was time to go to the next thing decided okay this is not time for me to get out of corporate it's been it's been it's been good but what's next I think a follow-up question to that would be you're now busy with hungry for a while you left corporate you said you wanted to start a family so you doing this on your own at the moment so how do you find that balance between family and um, and, and, and work, so to speak? Uh, or, so to speak, your, your, your passion, so to speak? There isn't really much balance. I must be completely honest with you. This idea of work-life balance, it's not an easy thing. Um, I think... I think you've got to find what you are good at, what you're passionate about, and you've got to focus on that. You've also got to just be aware all the time of um, what else is important to you. Your family life, your immediate family, your extended family. It's really just, it's about knowing when your family needs you and being available and and about time management. You know, and that's, I'm terrible at time management. That's why I'm usually sitting up at 12 o'clock at night writing my posts the night before I'm supposed to post it. (laughs) So my time management is atrocious. So finding the balance for me is a work in progress. What's your idea of mentorship? Do you have any mentors? I have an unofficial mentor. Um, I was... I did a a small business development course about two years ago with a um, company called Kulia Consulting that um, was working with the Bandwidth Barn, which is a like an incubator for small businesses. And they focus on growing small businesses in the IT industry. Bertram Richards was facilitating that, that small business development course at the time. And um, it's been two years and we've kind of, every now and then I, I sort of call on him to just bounce things off and and he's been like he's been like invaluable in in keeping me sort of focused on this and reminding me all the time that you know look this is where you want to be going look at this and and yeah he's been he's been yeah so so having a a mentor like that and 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 why we always ask our guests this question because obviously accidentalmuslims.com the the one of the purposes is to give youth out there, students, whether it's school, uh, matriculants possibly, or students, give them some advice. Mm. 
So there's a metric Qlint Dilshad sitting there looking for a mentor. What aspect of mentorship, now that you've got undergone that person, mm-hmm. would you advise youngsters to, to seek out? Look for a mentor who's relevant to what you want to pursue and who buys into what you are about. If if you if if the person you want to mentor you doesn't buy into your business or your product, that's not the right person for you. And if he doesn't understand your your market or um, the people you want to speak to, that's also not the right person for you. Then look for the right fit. At the end of the day, um, it's about the right fit, and it's about about the mentor being able to push you in the right direction as well. Because I think that's the job of a mentor is to be able to give you the right advice and to be able to keep you motivated as well. Dilja, do you have any favorite Quranic story or verse that you would like to share with us? I think if I were to focus on one Quranic verse, it would be Surah Al-Kafirun. For, for me, it's really, life is all about the journey and it's all about people's perspective and where you're coming from. And um, Surah Al-Kafirun talks about you worshipping who you worship and me worshipping who I worship and to you be your way and to me be my way. And for me, that's all about people having a different point of reference and each person being different. So it's all about tolerance and trying not to judge and a lot of what we do in our daily lives is just trying to be with other people without judgment and and just, you know, tolerant, be tolerant with everybody. How would you define success? I think success is very different for everybody. Everybody measures success in a different way. And for me, it's about knowing I can bring something positive to another person, knowing that I can do something that makes somebody else's life a little easier, Um, knowing that I can add value to the next person's experience or to the next person's life. And also it's about you being okay, being satisfied with who you are and where you are at any given point. If you if you are satisfied, if you are happy with what you have and who you are, that is that is a, a type of success. If, if you are satisfied with a mansion in Camps Bay and, um, and, and with what you've achieved up to that point, then that's, that's great for you, then that's your success. If you are satisfied with, you know, um, a little, with a modest business that, that is serving great food and your customers are happy and you've got a good reputation and and that is what you are passionate about, serving great food to people and making them happy in that way. And and that's what, what drives you, that success for you. So everybody's measure of success is different and we all come from different perspectives. You mentioned you grateful you are grateful for your your father you know, guiding you to go into graphic designing. What are you most grateful for today? I am very grateful for the fact that I was able to quit a full-time paying job and be able to pursue what I wanted 
at home with the support of my husband. I would not have been able to do it if it wasn't for him. And the fact that I'm able to pursue what I want to do and was able to build this business full-time, go into this and, and take it and run with it, I would not have been able to do that if it wasn't for his support. And I'm so grateful for that because there's so many people out there stuck in jobs that they don't like because they have to pay the bills. And yeah, I've, I'm, I'm grateful for the flexibility I have. I'm grateful that I'm able to work from home. Dilshad, a little fun question for you. So Dilshad gets into a building, she elevator closes, she gets stuck. What three food items would you most likely or you would most want to have on you? Burger, chips, a nice gourmet meal? I think definitely a really good cup of coffee. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm like a serious coffeeholic. Chocolate. And chocolate. A big bar of really good quality chocolate. Not, not the cheap stuff. No, the really good, the lint and the coated Dior stuff, you know. This is going to sound awful, eh? Mm. McDonald's chips. <laughs> Coming from me, that is terrible. But you know, just that that very thin, salty chips. <coughs> I, love it. Actually, I, I, I love must it. admit, I do love it. <laughs> yeah, I love McDonald's. I'm, I'm not a slap chips kind of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And yeah. Yeah, if you're stuck in a lift, you don't know what slap chips are. No. Anymore, <laughs> what was your favorite meal that you reviewed? You don't need to mention any name. Mm. Just what was on the plate. Describe it. You know, you described it so nicely in your blog. You know, I've been blogging for five years, eh? <laughs> and you're asking me to remember my favorite meal. This year. I th- this year. Okay, let's say this year was probably a fillet steak that I had. We. Oui. Are you sure you want me no, to No, that's fine, that's fine. Yeah. You can tell you off the record. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you off the record. Okay. Now, how do you handle criticism? What's the best way of advice you'd give to fellow bloggers? You know, criticism, if you feel that your viewpoint can be substantiated, then you should be able to handle criticism. Um, if you are, um, if you put something out there with, and, and you know that your intention was for, for good or for, um, impacting in a, in a positive way, then you should be able to explain yourself and you should be able to handle certain criticism. It's when criticism is unfounded and unfair, that's when it becomes difficult to even defend yourself, then sometimes it's better to say nothing um, rather than to engage in in, an, in a battle that, that is going to go nowhere. I mean, once I I wrote about a restaurant um, in Up and I had a good experience at this restaurant, and um, I wrote about my good experience, and obviously people tried the place and so forth, and a, a, a a blogger from Joburg um, tried the restaurant when she came down here based on my review. And she didn't have a good experience. For whatever reason, that day the food wasn't up to standard, the service wasn't up to standard. And she came on my blog and she said, and she implied that I had written this review for compensation. Mm-hmm. And that it obviously wasn't true. What I had written obviously wasn't true because this was her experience. Mm-hmm. So obviously my review must have been for some kind of compensation. 
And and that I just thought was completely unsubstantiated and unfair um, because everybody's experience at a place can be quite different. It shouldn't be. A, a, a restaurant standard should always be consistent, but you, you never know um, when something is different on a particular day. Mm. And all I could, I could... All I could do was reassure her that I had not had any compensation for this and that my experience was my experience and hers was hers. Um, and then there's other times I wrote about a I wrote about the Good Food and Wine show once. At that show, there were going to be halal vendors that were also going to be showcasing their product. I wrote about it. I uh, told people about it. I gave it some exposure. And people felt I was promoting a non-halal show, a, a, a haram show, basically. Mm-hmm. And my my feeling about that is the Good Food and Wine show is a huge platform. And um, for our halal vendors to really play in that space, in that space mm-hmm. you have to be present at these, at these major events. Mm-hmm. So that was my motivation for talking about it. If, if we can bring focus, if we can bring more focus to the halal industry and to the fact that we are real players in the game then this is the place the places we also need to be at mm-hmm. and i say also because we also have our community platforms where we can showcase our products but that's not the only places we need to showcase our products we need to showcase our products on the greater playing field and i mean why can we not build businesses and franchises as big as the spurs of this world you know why can we not have halal franchises as big as that we're not going to get there if we're going to stay in our mm. community um, environments and, and not get out there into the bigger marketplace at well. We need to prove that our product is as good as the rest. Mm-hmm. Do you see your, your Hungry for Halal blog, do you see it as an element of Tawa behind it? Teaching people about what Halal is. There's a lot of misconception around Halal as well. I've never thought of it as, as Tawa. I suppose you could see it as a little bit as that. For me, it was about making information available to people that to a market that wasn't being served yeah. there was a, a market that needed to be spoken to and they weren't being spoken to and, and somebody needed to put the information out there it's a challenging question how do you describe your islam in three words it's a journey it's a journey see i got my last question go ahead today's your last day so you're gonna die and you only have enough energy to say a few words, a couple of sentences to your loved ones and friends. What would it be? So I wanted to have something profound to say for this one, right? But I don't. <laughs> what I would say is don't get stuck in one place to anybody. Don't get stuck in one place. The world is huge. Go out and see it. And don't be afraid to live it. Because experiences are what makes us. Awesome. Jilshan, I want to thank you for, for your time and, and making yourself available and inviting us to your home. Thank you very much. It's been a very interesting journey. Uh, shukran for welcoming us. Shukran for accepting our invite. And uh, from for what it's worth, I think platforms such as Hungry for Allah is adding value to the everyday person out there. Thank you. Um, I think to both Muslim and non-Muslim, particularly Muslims, because like I said, it puts out relevant information. And uh, on behalf of Khalil and myself, we will make dua that your, your business, your passion, your 
your endeavors, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us with barakah and protects you and your family. So that's it for today's show. We hope we added value. We hope you enjoyed it. But most of all, we hope our guests inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at accidentalmuslims.com. If you know anybody out there that is inspiring, that's leading, that's living with purpose, please uh, do contact us. And remember, feedback is our oxygen. So follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum.